Hello, and welcome to Zach's Corner, that other show from the pod people, with your third favorite host, Zach. How's it going, guys? I know. Don't shit. It's a Wednesday, and there's a new Zach's Corner. Now, I know it's crazy. <laughs> Don't pinch yourself, because you're not dreaming. This is really happening, guys. Uh, you know, I, I've been trying... And unsuccessfully, but this week I had the window. I took it, and so we did a new Zach's Corner. Woo! I felt like this week it was very important to do Zach's Corner because um, we had a good uh, reason to, right? Uh, I don't know if you missed it, but NASA worked with uh, SpaceX, which is Elon Musk's company. And uh, we sent people to space for the first time in nine years since uh, NASA was, uh, you know, closed down. So... We got people in space, guys. How fucking cool is that? So cool. Um, and this is also historic because it's the first time NASA's used a private company, right? To go to space. Something like that. I could be wrong. Check my facts. Because you guys know I just talk out my ass. But still really cool. Living in strange times. And uh, But we got people in space. And uh, to know Zach is to know how much he loves space. Um, I'm a taller person, so space was never an option for me. But uh, little kid Zach would have dug it. I'm telling you. Could you imagine going to space? Space would be really, really cool, man. Man, I'm still enamored by it. I'd still love to go. But we're not going to talk about me as a kid or how much I want to go to space. We're going to talk about a space movie. And a while ago, uh, I did Ex Machina, right? It was an Alex Garland movie. And we were talking about his collaborations with Danny Boyle. Because we're like, oh, wow, they've done a bunch of movies together. And so I told you then, because I was interested in watching it, hey, we should do Sunshine sometime later on Zach's Corner. And so what we did this week is I finally did it. I finally sat down and I watched Sunshine for you guys. And uh, it was a pretty crazy movie. We'll get through it, but uh, something happens that doesn't make too much sense. And I feel like they only did it to make the movie um like to have the crew face more adversity i mean i'll get there but it's like a really like it's a cool movie and then we get to like a really weird part and i don't know if the movie recovers i think it's a still a great movie but it's um it kind of goes into left field it's it's super odd we'll get there we'll uh, we'll dance that dance and sing that song at the appropriate time uh for now what i owe you guys is fun facts because who doesn't love fun facts um, our release date is July 27th, uh, 2007. That's the U.S. release date. Um, the budget, because this is, you know, Danny Boyle, right? Uh, you know, the, he's British. So this is a British movie, right? And so uh, it was made in... Uh, I, GBP, uh, to me, sounds like that'd be a Great Britain pounds, Great British pounds, right? Makes sense to me. So it's 26 million in pounds. I didn't do the math to do the conversion because I just don't care. Because um, <laughs> I'm a lazy asshole American. <laughs> that was terrible. All right, so our gross in the U.S. was $3.7 So people weren't the biggest fans of this movie over here. And I can vouch for that because this came out in 2007. I was in just about to start high school. And I do not remember ever seeing a commercial for this movie. So, kind of makes sense. <laughs> and then our uh, our gross worldwide is $34.8 Now, I assume this is in uh, U.S. dollars, so 
they might have lost money on this movie. Maybe they broke even. I don't know. I didn't do the conversion. This is we need Tomas on the show because he's the smart one. And he actually cares to do the dil due diligence. But you're in Zach's corner. It's a shit show. We're a house made out of mud and it's raining outside. You know what I mean? It's never great over here. <laughs> All right. And, of course, we alluded to earlier, this movie's directed by Danny Boyle. And he's awesome. Uh, you know, he did 28 Days Later, which is another Killian Murphy movie. Killian Murphy is also in this one, so that's pretty cool. Also, another collaboration with Alex Garland. Would you look at that? Uh, he also did Train Spotting, which is a Ewan McGregor movie. Stupendous. Uh, it's about, like, uh, addiction and stuff. Definitely check that out. Really great movie. A little too heavy for this show. We don't try to do too deep things right over here, you know. It's supposed to be fun and light, right? <laughs> and then uh, he also did Slumdog Millionaire, which is a crazy great movie that I never watched. And then I saw it, I don't know, two years ago? And it turned out to be a really good movie. Not a fun ride, but a really good movie. It's another heavy one. I guess Danny Boyle equals heavy movie, I guess. And uh, he was supposed to do Bond 25, but he dropped out. So that's a bummer. Anyway, that's enough of me rambling. <laughs> uh, what are we, five minutes in? You guys haven't gotten to the movie at all? That's my bad, kids. I'm a little out of practice. A little rusty. Uh, don't hold that against me. Alright? <laughs> Without further ado, as I wasn't prepared and I didn't get my notes ready. Without further ado, let's get into Sunshine. Alright, so the basic premise of the movie. And we get this in a little bit of exposition over the top from Killian Murphy, who plays the character of Kappa. So that's his last name's Kappa. First name's Robert. I don't know if that's relative or if you guys even need that information. It's just weird because of, of the character listing on IMDb, he's the only one that got a first and last. What's up with that? Anyway, so Kappa's telling us the sun is dying. And um, the earth is frozen over, right? So it's like a snow planet now. It's like Hoth. And uh, they have a mission to go to the sun. And the first one was called Icarus, which is funny. Because, you know, Icarus, he had the wax wings, right? And he flew too close to the sun, and then they melted, right? Which is kind of funny that you name your space program after that. Anyway, I, I digress. <laughs> and uh, they failed. And this was seven years ago that they failed their mission. And so he is aboard the Icarus 2. And uh, it's an eight-person crew. And uh, they started this thing six months ago. And, uh, you know, they're going to do it. So the plan is they have a payload, which is just like a bomb. Uh, they said it's the size of Manhattan. So think about Manhattan. There's your bomb. And the plan is to drop this into the sun and have it detonate. Right? And uh, they're supposed to have boosters. That'll give them a four-minute window to get the ship away from the sun before the impact of the bomb. And uh, that's our plan. <laughs> there you go. Uh, oh, he says a really cool line. He says their, their plan is to create a star within a star. So that's kind of a fun way to look at it. Um, yeah. Do, 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 do. <laughs> uh, okay. And then our first shot on board the Icarus... Is uh, we were with Cyril. He's the shrink of the crew, and um, he's talking to the computer. The computer's also a character, so Icarus is a computer herself, and uh, he's looking at the sun's brightness, right? Because there's a way to look at the sun in the observation deck, and Icarus explains that you can only watch it um, at like two percent, 
Uh, the most you can look at the sun through the observation deck is 3.1% uh, brightness of the sun. Otherwise, you will just be completely donezo. And you can only do the 3.1% for a certain amount of time. And so, you know, he's doing that. And he's loving it. He, this guy loves the sun. <laughs> and then we get to a dining scene where everyone's eating. There's some camaraderie. And then we get to, you know, meet the crew a little bit. Um, so our captain is Captain Canada. He's a pretty cool guy. Of course, we have the shrink is Cyril. Uh, we see Cassie, who is uh, Rose Byrne. She's uh, she's an actress that's around. She's uh, Aldous Snow's wife in uh, Get Him to the Greek. Um, she's also the the mom in uh, Neighbors. So, you know, she's around. And then uh, we get Trey. He's our computer guy. Um, I'm not sure. I think he's in uh, Doctor Strange. I think he's the guy in Doctor Strange. Uh, the Wong guy, like his uh, sidekick. And then we get Mace, who's Chris Evans, of course. You know, Chris Evans, before he's Captain America and became famous, he did a whole bunch of movies. And then we get, of course, we see Kappa, who's Killian Murphy. And uh, we have um, this lady who works on the garden all the time in the movie. Her name is uh, Corazon. All right. So there's our cast of characters. Um... Yeah. Wow, I keep getting lost, guys. I haven't done this in forever, so I'm a little rusty. So apologize for that, and uh, hopefully get through it, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so the crew's eating, and then uh, we get the thing. We hear that we're about to lose communication with the Earth, right? Because of the solar winds, and they're stronger, and they're earlier than they expected. You know, and they're 55 million miles from Earth, and uh, so that everyone has to send their final messages, Right? And then we get a look at the garden, and then uh, we get to Kappa, and he's in his message. And he's explaining that uh, the sun takes eight minutes to get from the earth, or from the sun to the earth. So if you wake up on an extra beautiful morning, know that we succeeded, right? So if the sun's real big in the sky, you'll know we made it. And then, you know, I'll see you in a couple years. And... Um, yeah, I mean, that's a really sad thought to think about, right? Like, what's going to take eight minutes is going to take them years to get home. That's pretty crazy. And uh, then we get some more shots of uh, Cyril, who's looking at the sun. And um, and Captain, he's getting a report on the oxygen. And uh, this is from uh, the, the plant lady, uh, Corazon. And she's explaining that uh, they have enough oxygen to get there and a quarter of the way back. So that doesn't sound great. Um, <laughs> and then we get um, to where Kappa and Mace, they're in a fist fight because Kappa took their window. He took up too much time giving his messages to his loved ones. And so Mace was unable to send one final message. And he's upset. And then the shrink, he has a talk with Mace. And he, uh, he, he tells him, you know, hey, man, you got to calm down. And then Mace explains it's the time. Uh, you know, he's having a hard time, and he's losing track of days and everything. It's all just bleeding together. And so then the uh, the shrink, Cyril, was like, all right, here's what you're going to do. You can go to a little simulator. You're going to calm down, get centered, and we're going to give you a haircut because he's got kind of long hair, and so he wants to make him look pretty because, you know, we got to sell this movie. I mean to help his mental state. <laughs> and then, so he goes in the little simulator, and he calms down. And then Mace, he comes out and he apologizes to Kappa, like barely does. And then uh, we 
get some exposition, maybe it's a video. And we find out Mark Strong is the captain of the Icarus One, the failed mission. And uh, his name is Pinback, but I can almost guarantee you I will just call him Mark Strong. <laughs> uh, you guys, fans of the show, will know how much I love Mark Strong, because I'm sure this isn't the first time he's come up, or even been in one of our movies. <laughs> and uh, so they explain what happened to the ship. They got in a storm, and they created little holes in the, like, in the panels. And so they had to, you know, take shifts to fix it. And uh, then we get Cassie. She's on the deck of the ship. And uh, she tells everybody, hey, you know, you guys got to check this out. Turns out they're passing Mercury now, like the planet Mercury. And uh, that way they get a cool real look at Mercury. It's really fun. And, you know, everyone's all watching it. And everyone's all enamored. And. It's really funny because they have this shot where they show Mercury and they show the sun behind it. And Mercury just looks like this little black dot against the sun. It's pretty funny. And then we meet Harvey. He's our comms guy. Oh, I didn't I didn't uh, talk about Harvey uh, when I introduced the group. But yeah, Harvey's our comms guy. I guess that's how little he matters in this. And then uh, Harvey says that Mercury's been using... Is, the composition of mercury, whatever, it makes it like an antenna. And they're getting a distress signal from the Icarus 1. And they're like, how could this be possible? It's seven years, you know. It's like, could they even be alive? There's no way. And then they're saying that uh, their current trajectory, after they slingshot around mercury to get to the sun, is uh, it will put them within 15,000 miles of the Icarus 1. And if they adjust it, they could probably rendezvous with the Icarus 1. You know, and then uh, they they all talk, and they're making the case. And Mace is vehemently against this. He's like, this is not the mission. We have to go restart the sun. It's our obligation to start the sun. And then uh, Cyril, his thing says, I don't care about the crew. You know, they might not even be alive. But if we can get a, sh a, a second bomb, we have two shots to help start the sun if we go get their payload. And uh, so they're arguing, and Mace is against it, Cyril's for it. And uh, Captain Kaneda, he decides, um, all right, this decision is going to be up to our physicist, right? It's going to be up to uh, Kappa. Kappa has to make the call, you know, if this is even worth it, because he's the guy, he's the bomb guy, and he's, he's got to weigh his options. Is it better to have two bombs, or are they going to be fine with the one bomb? And uh, Kaneda says, it's his decision. And uh, Kappa, he decides to go for the Icarus one. Because two last chances are better than one. Kind of makes sense. And then we see uh, Kappa and Cassie. They have a conversation, you know. And uh, they're talking about dreams. And Cassie says that, uh, you know, she always dreams about falling to the surface of the sun. Which is weird, right? All right. And uh, then Cassie says that uh, Kappa made the right call. And then we're... They're talking, and then we get alerts and beeps, and uh, we find out Trey, our computer guy, who had to change the trajectory of the ship to get them to the Icarus, um, their angle of approach had changed, and he forgot to calculate the shield for that, and so the shield, uh, they got they got damaged, so like the ship is damaged, and some of the panels on the shield are up. And uh, they have to go check. Like, they have to go fix this problem. Or they're going to be fucked. They're going to cook. Because, you know, there's the sun. And without the shield, they're in deep shit. And so then uh, the captain, 
he volunteers because he's the fucking captain. It's his job. You know, you have to go do the tough decisions, which is why I never take management roles. And uh, then Mace, he volunteers Kappa to go. So <laughs> Captain and Kappa, like that's not going to be confusing as fuck to say. Uh, they have to go out and they're in these special spacesuits that will help with the heat and all that jazz. They're really fancy. They're like, they have like the foil, you know, like the solar blankets and stuff. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. When you watch the movie, you'll see what I'm talking about. Like these big gold suits. They have tiny little visor. It looks more like something you'd go like uh, scuba diving in. Like old school scuba diving suit. That's what it kind of looks like. And uh, Kappa's very nervous. Because, you know, this is like a big deal. And then uh, Cassie tries to calm him down. She's like, you've done this a million times in training. You'll be fine. And uh, so they have to move the ship into the shade uh, so that way they're covered from the sun because, you know, otherwise they're going to cook. And uh, Harvey's upset because Icarus explains that if they move the ship, comms three and four will be down. And Harvey's, like, real upset. And they're like, yeah, just fucking do it. We'll deal with that later. <laughs> and so they do that. They move the thing. And... Um, so we get Captain and Kaneda and uh, Kappa, and they go out, and they go check on it. And um, the, the, the ship, because it's, like, uh, moving around, uh, it's, like, settling. You know, like, a house settles? That's kind of what the ship's doing. It's making a lot of loud noises, and everyone's like, well, this is weird. And it's because the heat is making the metal contract, and so that that's real fun. <laughs> and so uh, Captain and Kappa, they get out and, on the shield, and they can see that there's four damaged panels. And um, Kappa's wigging out, so he's burning through his oxygen. They, they, they tell him to calm down. And then uh, they get to the first panel. The hydraulics are burnt out. But they're able to get it closed. And the panels get further and further up. And so it, it's kind of bad. And then there's a surge that happens. And, like, the oxygen garden uh, is, like, like, it just gets shot through by this power surge. And uh, the Icarus, uh, the computer, takes over the controls and says, there's a fire in the oxygen garden. Uh, I have to do this. So the, the computer is shifting the ship around back to its trajectory where it's supposed to be. And this is bad because the captain and Kappa are up on the shield. And if they move the ship, the sun is going to be directly on them. And that's not good. And... Uh, Cassie, she goes for the override codes, but she needs a second person to say the override. And Mace won't do it. He's like, this is this is, will jeopardize our mission. We can't damage the ship. We have to get there. And the captain agrees. But Harvey jumps in, and Harvey seconds the order. And uh, so they're going to take back control of the ship, but the captain tells them, no, no. We have to protect the ship. And so Icarus takes back over, and it moves the ship. Uh, they're going back to the original position, and uh, they're talking about the fire in the in the garden, and they're saying it will burn for six hours, and it could damage the life support. And so Mace decides to flood the cabin, like the the garden, with O2 to make the fire flash over and burn itself out. And uh, then we're back outside, and uh, the shield is in eighty percent full sunlight. And they're still working. Well, the captain, he sends Kappa back to the ship. And uh, he says, get back to the ship. Because there's one more panel that has to be done. And the captain gets up there. And he's working on it. And it's closing. And they're getting more and more into the sunlight. And then he closes it as the sun's 
peeking over. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's cooked. The captain, he kill, he's killed during this. Because the sun overtakes him, like, the heat, the, the, I guess it's like a ray or something, and it just completely fries him. And uh, Kappa, he barely escapes it by getting behind the shield. And, um, yeah, and then he gets back on the ship. And then we find out that uh, Trey, who freaks out because Trey blames himself for this whole thing. And he wants to go for the walk originally, but they won't let him. And he's just completely upset because he thinks he killed everybody. And they find out that when Kappa gets on the ship, they have uh, uh, Cyril has decided to sedate uh, Trey because he's a harm to himself. Like he's going he's gonna to kill himself because he's not happy. So he's sedated and he's off in the medical bay. And then now we find out that Harvey, he's in charge now. Because he's the second ranking officer on the ship. Which is funny. Because it's like, he's like the communications guy. It's weird that he's the number two. I don't know, man. I'm just I'm just making up observations here. <laughs> and they also find out that um, they don't have enough oxygen to get to the plane load or get home. And, uh, you know, they now they have to make it to the Icarus 1. Because if they can get to the Icarus 1... They can fix it, or they can use the Icarus One to, you know, for its life support systems and everything. So it's pretty bad. And then uh, this is where uh, Corazon she tells them, you know, they can make it, but we can't make it with the whole crew. Uh, and we find out we have to lose at least three people to be able to get the Icarus Two to where we need to get the payload to. And uh, Cappy, uh, Kappa and Cassie, they're talking later. And Cassie says they're all going to die. She's real upset. And then uh, Kappa, he's like explaining the bomb. And he says like what it will do. And uh, he says, I'm not scared. You know, he's like, this is going to work. You know, we're going to save the world, you know. And uh, Cassie's, you know, she's still just super scared. <laughs> and then we make it to the Icarus 2, or the Icarus 1. And uh, they get on it. And uh, Mace, Cyril, um, Kappa, and Harvey, they all go onto the ship. And they get there uh, through the airlock, and uh, it's covered in dust, and there's no power, and they can't find any crew. There's nobody. Well, Harvey, and then uh, Harvey, because he's in charge, he decides to split up the crew, and they all go to investigate different parts. Uh, Kappa goes to make sure the bomb's still intact. Um, Harvey goes to the garden, and the garden's like crazy overgrown because it's seven years untouched, right? And so it's just been able to go freely, do whatever it wants. And then Mace, he's like on the deck of the ship. He's trying to figure out, you know, what's wrong with it. You know, check to see if everything's fine or not. And then Cyril, he goes to find the food. He goes off, and uh, he finds there's food still, and there's working water. But he still can't find the crew. And then Mace, he plays a video of the captain of the Icarus One, which is Mark Strong. And then uh, it looks like the captain went crazy. Uh, he looks a little burned on the video. And he says that God wanted them to die. And, uh, you know, they shouldn't change that. It's God's will that Earth is dying. And so, you know, they couldn't restart the sun because it was going against God. Which is great because he's cuckoo for Copo House. And then we find out the Kappa... Uh, is in the bomb thing. He says the, the bomb is fully operational. And then Mace explains, but it doesn't matter. Because the coolant system is down. 
And uh, without the mainframe of the ship, it won't fly. So the, it's completely dead. There's nothing they can do. It's it's just there. It's going to be how it is. And then he says it was sabotaged. And then Cyril finds the crew. And he's in there, and they're in their observation deck. And they open it all the way. And they burn themselves alive. I mean, they just completely cook themselves. Which is like horrifying to think about. What a terrible way to go. Ugh. And um, the whole ship shifts, and they have to make it back to the airlock. And then we find out the airlock has been damaged, and so there's there's no way safely to get to the back to the Icarus two. And uh, there's one suit. There's only one suit available, and so they put Kappa in it, and uh, Harvey's upset because he's trying to pull rank. He's like, "I'm the captain. I'm the most important." And they're like, no, Cap is the most important because he's the only one that can work the bomb. And so they argue about that. But uh, they're not budging. They're like, fuck you. And because, you know, they have to save Cap and they have to get him back to the Icarus too. And uh, so the plan is they're going to jump. And it's like 20 meters from door to door. And Cap uh, is going to be in the suit. And then Mace and... Um, Harvey, they're, they're covering themselves like in blankets and stuff, right? Because it's going to be like minus 37 degrees Celsius. So it's going to be really cold, and they're going to make the jump. And uh, this is always the leap in sci-fi, right? When they have to actually go through space without breathing. I understand it's crap, but come on, guys. If they're restarting the sun with a fucking nuke, I think we can keep going with the suspension of disbelief. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Cyril... Tells them that somebody's going to have to manually open the oh, the uh, the airlock. So somebody is going to have to stay on the Icarus, uh, Icarus 1. And Cyril volunteers. Because uh, he's a good guy, man. And so they make the jump. And uh, Mace and uh, Harvey are holding on to um, Kappa. And uh, he makes it. And Mace makes it. But Harvey falls and he hits the side of the ship. And uh, he freezes, and then he shatters, and then he goes away. But Mace makes it, and Kappa make it, and they're fine. And uh, Cyril, uh, he's he's now stuck on the Icarus One. And uh, instead of just riding it out or doing whatever, uh, he decides to kill himself. Uh, he goes and he opens up the sun, you know, and he fries himself. Because he's been obsessed with the sun the whole movie, so it kind of makes sense, I guess. Still really fucked up. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, then we're all talking. We have a meeting with everybody. And uh, everybody that's live, which is Mace, um, Corazon, and um, Cassie's still alive, and um, Kappa. And they're all talking. And uh, they figure out the airlock, it had to be manually tampered with. And they also find out that files from the computer had to have been deleted. And the Icarus wouldn't have done it itself. So someone is sabotaging their ship now. And uh, they also come to the conclusion with the oxygen that, okay, we lost Harvey and we lost Cyril. But uh, we still have one person too many on the ship. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty fucked up. So they need to kill someone or get rid of someone to get the oxygen that they need. And they all decide to kill Trey. Because uh, Trey's suicidal anyway, and not to mention, like, he's sedated, so they could probably do it pretty easily. And Cassie just won't do it. She won't go for it. She's like, I'm not going to fucking kill somebody. 
But Mace goes to do the job. But it, when he gets there, he finds that Trey has woken up already from being sedated. And Trey already killed himself. He's like in the in the shower. And he, he slit his wrist. And then Mace blames Kappa for this, for all the deaths. He's like, this is your fault that we even went for the Icarus one. If we would have stayed on course, everybody would still be alive. Which is a real heavy accusation. That's pretty fucked up. And so they fight again, but then they don't. Uh, they just stop. And uh, so then they, everything gets back on track. And then uh, Kappa, while he's working on the bomb, like he's checking to make sure the bomb's still good to go, he has the Icarus uh, check on the crew. He's like, uh, how's everybody doing? And he's like, oh, you guys are all dying, and you're definitely going to be dead before you get there. He's like, how's that possible? We have enough air for four people. And he says, yeah. Or the computer says, yeah. But there's a fifth person on board. Bum, bum, bum. So we won't make it to the payload because we have an extra body. And this is the point in the movie where I just got to do a, an aside here. This is literally only in there to give them one more obstacle. And I think it kind of undermines the movie and it makes it a different movie. It goes from like a cool sci-fi futuristic romp to almost just kind of like a basic horror movie. And the horror movie parts is not very effective. And I don't think it's that great. But uh, here we are, nonetheless. <laughs> um, so we find out there's a fifth crew member. And he's like, where is this fifth crew member? And they're in the observation room. And he gets there, and it's Mark Strong. And he's just absorbing all the sun's rays. And then he starts talking about God. And he's horrifically burned. And it almost appears like he's feeding off of the sunlight, which is kind of crazy. And then uh, he talks about being the last man alone with God. Like, that's his goal. Like, everyone else is going to die, and I'm going to be here. I'm going to live. And it's just going to be me talking to God. And he's just fucking crazy at this point. And he attacks Kappa, and then Kappa's able to run away, and uh, Mark Strong chases him. And then uh, he traps himself in the airlock. And then uh, he has a stare down uh, with, uh, with Mark Strong. And then uh, Mark Strong, he traps him in there. And so then he runs away. And so Kappa is unable to get out of the airlock now. And uh, then Mark Strong goes and he, sab he sabotages the coolant system like he did on the other ship. And then he goes and he murders um, uh, Corazon. She's in the garden checking on the plants again. And she gets murdered. And then um, all the lights in the ship go down. Everything's shut down. Like the ship is completely shut down. And then uh, Cassie, she sees Mark Strong in the dark. She tries to hide. And then Mace works on getting the computer back on. And uh, he's able to talk to Kappa. And Kappa explains the whole Mark Strong situation. And then, uh, so Mace is getting everything back up. Well, he gets to where the coolant is. And, uh, you know, because everything's down, he has to manually go in and fix it. And so he dives into the coolant, which is, like, freezing cold, right? Like, we found this out earlier when Mace is working on the coolant systems. It's, like, super cold, right? Probably should have mentioned that earlier, but I'm bad at my job. And so Mace is diving in, he's fixing all these things, and the power starts to restore. And he's talking to Kappa on the, on, the, on the headset, and he tells him that he has to separate the payload manually. You know, he's going to have to do it. Like, he's going to have to be there. He's going to have to make sure the bomb goes off, because all the systems are fucked. 
And uh, Mace, he gets to the last thing of the coolants, and when he's getting out, as it lowers, it traps his leg, and he gets pinned. And so he's stuck in this thing. And, um, you know, he's telling Kafla, you know, you gotta, you gotta do this, man. Because, you know, Mace, it, Mace dies right there. And uh, Kappa, in a Looney Tunes type way, <laughs> uh, he's trapped in this airlock. And so what he does is he puts on one of the sunsuits and he uh, cracks the outside door. Like he opens up the outside and everything in the room gets sucked out and he's strapped himself to the wall and he's holding on to some rigging and he's like doing good. It rips the door off through the hole. Uh, you see um, Corazon's body fly out the hole. And then as soon as it like pressurizes, then he's able to walk and then he gets to where he's in the ship. <laughs> and uh, he finds Mace frozen and he's all sad. And uh, Cap is able to detach the payload manually and then he goes out to the end of the ship and then he jumps onto the payload. And then uh, he gets into it. And uh, the Icarus is uh, destroyed when the boosters go off. Uh, it's completely destroyed. So he's just in there in the payload. And uh, he gets in and he finds Cassie, who's hiding out from Mark Strong. And then uh, he's talking to her and he's like, what's wrong? And then Mark Strong pops up. Ah, Boogeyman. Yeah, it's really dumb. It's really dumb. They, they, they ruined what was a great movie. Anyway, so he's attacking Kappa and he's holding him off of like a ledge. And then Cassie leaps onto him to help. And then uh, Mark Strong is holding them out with one arm. And his arm starts to peel off like whatever skin is left. And then they slide down this thing. And then uh, they're both at the bottom. And then uh, Kappa, he has to get up because he has to make sure that the bomb's going to go off. Because they're in the sun now. And they're traveling through the sun. And so they gotta, he's got to set everything up to make sure it works. And... Uh, he does that. He goes and he sets everything up. He's got it all ready to go. And he starts to set off the bomb as the sun is, like, uh, destroying the ship. And so they have, like, this really cool moment where he's standing, like, just in the middle of this bomb. And it's going off and the sun's there. And then it all just, he's standing there and it looks really cool. And then it all just explodes. And, um... Then we get uh, we get a shot of the Earth, and it's all snowy, and uh, it's dark outside. Not dark, but you know, like darker. And then um, we see it's Kappa's sister and her kids, and they're watching a video from Kappa to explaining the sun thing, you know, the eight minute thing. So they're outside, they're waiting for the sun in the morning, and uh, the sun shines on Earth, and it's bright and it's big, and so their mission is a success. The Icarus one restarted the sun and saved the earth which is really cool so that's the end of the movie um really great i really like this movie and i think it's a lot of fun and it's really great my big problem of course is the mark strong thing i don't get it like i don't get why they're like oh yeah so we're gonna have the captain of the first one go crazy and then he's gonna try to stop the second one it just doesn't make a lot of sense. It just seems like a leap. I don't know. It, it feels like an unnecessary plot element. And I get you have to create tension, and you have to find a way to get rid of the crew. And, uh, like, I'm understanding all those things. I get why they did it, 
I just don't know why they did it so cartoonishly bad. It doesn't make any sense. It just feels like such a jarring departure from the rest of the movie. I don't know. I don't know what to say. That's really weird. It's an odd thing. I respect them because I get it. But at the same time, it's just like it's a head scratcher. I don't know. But I don't think you should let that diminish your movie or diminish your time. I'd say this movie's still really cool to watch. Uh, the visuals are stunning. And uh, it's a really uh, it's a fun one. I would, I would say, yeah, go watch Sunshine. You're probably going to be disappointed with the Mark Strong part, but uh, I say fuck it. It's only like an hour and 47 minutes. It's, it's worth watching. I'd say watch it. <laughs> um, so that's it for Zach's Corner. Um, I'm going to take an aside here. Uh, you know, I know a lot of shit is crazy right now, right? I mean, you just got to turn on your TV to know the world's going absolutely insane right now. And it really sucks. And, uh, you know, people are really divided. And things are really bad. And uh, I know we're all trying to do our best to distract ourselves. So we watch and listen to little dumb podcasts like this. And I just want to let you guys all know. I love all of you. I think you're all special. And we're going to get through this. It may look bad now. But we just got to let it, you know, work itself out. We got to just take a moment to breathe. It sucks. You know, I'm not happy. Nobody's happy. It's a really shitty situation. All we can do is love each other, try to stay close, try to stay safe, all right? We got to take care of each other because at the end of the day, each other is all we have, all right? So I love you guys. Please, please, please take care of yourself. Take care of your friends, your family. And just, I love you, all right? You guys, you guys are the best. You mean everything to me, all right? Stay safe. And I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.